Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Five, three, four! Red 57, Red 57, hot, hot! I don't believe what I just saw! Bill McKenzie kicks a 38-yard field goal on the final play of the football game. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! It is a great night to be a Mountaineer wherever you may be. From the home of the state's land-grant institution, inside the Health Plan Studios, in the Dale B. Miller Building in Morgantown, it's time for the state's most listened to sports talk show. This is the CityNet Statewide Sports Line. CityNet, cybersecurity experts for the digital age. And now, across the state of West Virginia and beyond, Sportsline is on the air. And we welcome you into a Sunday edition of the CityNet Statewide Sportsline, coming to you from downtown Morgantown on the 17th of December, the final Sunday before Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. And the Sundays take away from us, Coach Hunter. Joe Bricado filling in, and we are joined, as always, by the coach, Greg Hunter. And, uh, Coach Hunter, we've been uh, busy on this uh, Sunday as both of us were across town at the uh, WVU football complex as uh, Neil Brown and players met with the media and probably are still in the process of meeting with the media as we speak. A couple of uh, notes and nuggets uh, that we will get into in the early portion of the program. Coach, welcome in. Good evening. I guess it is evening now. We started in the afternoon and we got the evening. We got uh, through three different players and uh, Neil Brown was wrapping up. As I departed, uh, you had to get over here to set up and had to make sure all the hamster wheels were exactly. uh, operating appropriately. So um, I, I stayed around, got to Neil, and just got into the studio just a few seconds ago. But uh, you know, I, just get and we'll hear from Neil here before the show's over, so you can hear um, yeah, much of his um, 25, 30 minute interview in its entirety. But uh, biggest nugget out of it, he talked about some of those guys who won't be playing in the bowl game. Um, and, and he said, you know, everybody knows the, the people that are, have gone into the portal, they won't be playing. As for injuries, Zach Frazier obviously uh, is out. That's not a surprise. The one that we sort of heard about, but he confirmed, C.J. Donaldson has had surgery. Uh, he, he's had a shoulder problem for probably at least a year. And, uh, you know, he had leg issues last year that they decided to take care of surgically. This offseason, they've already taken uh, surgical measures to correct his shoulder 
issue. So he will miss the bowl game as well. Uh, Preston Fox, Mountaineer receiver who was hurt. That was Baylor, right? That was Baylor. Okay. Uh, late, late stages of that Yeah, game. Yep. I, I started getting them all uh, mixed up at this point. But he's questionable for the bowl game. They're gonna, he's gonna, he'll travel with them to Charlotte and, you know, wait and see how he progresses. But that's it. And that's in, in terms of guys who will miss. He said, don't know of any opt-out type situations now. Uh, no other further injury situations. Certainly there are 10, 11 transfers that uh, have already announced that they're departing West Virginia. They will not be uh, part of the team for the Dukes Mayo Bowl. But CJ may be the only really major bit of news to come out of today's press conference. So it had that, but also obviously significant basketball game last night with new faces in that lineup. Yeah, so we'll get back into the football conversation coming up in our next segment. As always, the phone line's open to you throughout the show. Be sure to join us at 800-765-8255. That's 800-765-TALK. Or join us on the text line as well. And a couple of people already uh, pre-texting the show uh, throughout the course of the afternoon. You can join us on the text line as well at 304-TALK-304. That's 304-825-5304. As you mentioned, Coach Hunter, the Mountaineer basketball team on the men's side falling at UMass yesterday, or falling to UMass, a game played in nearby Springfield, Massachusetts. 87-79 to was the final, a game in which the Mountaineers trailed by 15 points at halftime. They fell behind by 18 points in the second half, were able to erase that deficit entirely to even up the game on two different occasions. However, UMass pulled away in the late stages uh, to get the eight-point victory as the Mountaineers fall to four and six on the season. And obviously, uh, Coach, under the, the, the one storyline that Mountaineer fans have been really been looking forward to after the uh, court ruling Wednesday in Wheeling where Raekwon Battle uh, really ultimately uh, after a three-day process uh, was able to uh, get himself and Noah Farrakhan both uh, eligible to play. And then Raekwon Battle about 25 minutes before yesterday's game, we find out that he has been battling uh, flu-like symptoms. And, and even Josh Eilert on the uh, Thursday Zoom mentioned that after the hearing in Wheeling on Wednesday, uh, said Raekwon wasn't really feeling like himself, kind of, uh, you know, had to take it easy after the hearing in Wheeling. And ultimately, uh, we, we found out why he wasn't feeling it. And obviously, Wednesday's events probably did weigh on him a little bit Oh, as well. yeah. You know, you can imagine the emotional strain that will take on you. And then, you know, it, it hits you physically as well. So he wasn't out there, but we did get our first opportunity to see Kirk Carissa uh, in a regular season game. First opportunity to see uh, Noah Farrakhan in anything besides the uh, exhibition scrimmage. And uh, well, no, that was even, it wasn't even the scrimmage. It was the midnight madness at seven in the evening or whatever they, <laughs> they call it. Uh, so both those guys showed very well, unfortunately for West Virginia. Uh, other problems, rebounding was a real issue for the Mountaineers, um, and they got behind so much that when they finally got their offense going, they were able to get it all the way back to tide, as you said. But um, at that point, UMass just was able to hit the pedal again and, and push ahead for ultimately the victory down the stretch. So, you know, certainly some things in there that were, um, you know, positive in terms of seeing what Creesa and Farrakhan were able to do, but, um, you know, it ultimately came in a loss, which, uh, you know, we've seen 
too much of from West Virginia this year. Yeah, and then one big concern, and we can get back into the rebounding in just a second, but it, it dovetails with the major concern coming out of the game, the comments from Josh Eilert following the contest saying that Jesse Edwards, who was limited to just 16 minutes, he was one of seven shooting from the floor, and there's concern about uh, a wrist injury, which limited him uh, on Saturday and um, seemed to be a little bit of concern in his postgame comments as well uh, on, the, on the radio broadcast. Yeah, I mean, uh, by far his uh, lowest output as a Mountaineer for Jesse, uh, 2.16 minutes. He'd been in double figures in scoring in every other game he'd, he'd suited up for West Virginia. So uh, that, that certainly uh, impacted him. And uh, if, he, if it impacts him going forward, that's a real problem because while West Virginia has gotten better depth, they still don't have a whole lot up front. Um, you know, Kuka Cook and Pat Sumnick are their only two you know, post four and five players besides Jesse Edwards. So uh, they need Jesse and need him at his, at his best. I mean, if, if he gets to his average yesterday, West Virginia probably wins that game. But uh, give UMass credit. Um, they were physical. They banged on him. And um, I'm not saying they tried to injure him, but they certainly wanted to push him around. And ultimately less, let, that led to problems even before the wrist injury. But then the wrist injury really – pretty much shelved them the rest of the game. So UMass upping their record to 6-2 and two on the season, and they out-rebounded the Mountaineers 47-32, to 32, leading to 13 second-chance uh, second points for the Minutemen in this one. And, and as you mentioned, Coach Hunter, reinforcements have arrived. When Raekwon Battle is ultimately over uh, the illness, he will be uh, obviously a key ingredient in what West Virginia has. But for all the guys that have – uh, been able to get back up to and, and a cook a cook still getting back up to full speed although he did play 22 minutes uh, last night which you have to be pretty encouraged uh, the fact that he played a season high in minutes and appears to be uh, getting uh, ramped up after he missed uh, the first seven games seven games of the season yeah. um, so that that's encouraging but it, there's just no answer the issue is there's no answers on the roster right now for the biggest issue that is uh, hurting this team and that's um, you know being out-rebounded by, by 15 against a team that uh, in UMass that, you know, yes, we know how Frank Martin teams like to play. They play physical. They're usually a plus team in rebounding. But, um, you know, there's just no answers personnel-wise. No, nobody else is coming in unless there happens to be a mid-year transfer that may come in. But uh, as of late, it appears that that's a less likely proposition for the team. Less likely. And anybody they got it get it mid-year. And in some of the mid-year is, um, you know, diminished the need for that because of what West Virginia has now been able to do with its rotation. So um, you now you, you now have 12 scholarship players, so you don't and you can play all those. So you don't necessarily need a, an addition. And any addition you get right now more than likely is going to be a prep school type kid. There was some talk. There were a couple of transfers out there, a kid from K-State who has since committed to Memphis uh, that may have been give you some immediate help and immediate help rebounding-wise. But – most of the people that you're going to add are not necessarily huge impact and huge impact on the board. West Virginia's just got to get better. But unfortunately, you look at the component of this roster, they've got some guys, but they don't have a lot of physical guys. And, you know, if you look back to how West Virginia's been composed, you know, in the Bob Huggins era, they always had muscle. And, you know, Jesse Edwards is a really talented guy, but he is more finesse than muscle. A cook, a cook weighs about as much as my left foot. Uh, he's he's long, but he's not necessarily muscle. Some that could be that, but he's got to get more skilled. And then you're talking forwards and guards that, that have to help you. So 
problem you're just going to have to fight through and deal with probably the entire season, but that's certainly the Achilles. Josh talked about that way before the season started, and as he said, it's it's become a problem night in and night out. And I, as you said, there, there's aren't really answers coming for that. You just got to try to get better at where you're where you are. Well, everybody uh, at West Virginia was obviously very excited about the prospect of Raekwon Battle getting back in the lineup, and it appears that uh, that time is not too far away, possibly as early as Wednesday when the Mountaineers play host to Darius, Rick, Darius Nichols and uh, Radford. Noah Farrakano, that was just kind of a uh, – there wasn't a whole lot of push that, there were, that we were going to see him on the court this year. I don't believe that there was any type of waiver process involved for him, and – um, you know, when he joined the program, it was kind of under the expectation that this would be a full red shirt year. And lo and behold, with the ruling that came down on Friday that two-time transfers are, are good to go through the end of the spring sports season, so essentially through the end of the academic calendar, Farrakhan is in the lineup and, and very impressive. 15 points in 18 minutes and 7 of 11 shooting from the floor. He showed you a lot. Yeah, very much so. And in, in Crease obviously showed you what you thought you would get out of him now. Uh, and Josh talked about it after the game, but you probably hope you don't have to get need, need as many shots from Kirk Creasa. Uh, he ended up taking 15 threes in that game and, and hit six of them. I mean, his percentage was solid. But Raekwon Battle comes in, all of a sudden you don't need Kirk to take quite that many shots. I mean, he's still going to engineer the offense. He's still going to take shots, but hopefully you don't need him to, to shoot as often as he did the other day because you're going to have some other options. Kirk Risa with 20 points, also dished out seven assists. How, in your view, Coach Hunter, did the offense look differently when you've got somebody like him running the floor? And, and to Kobe Johnson's credit, he did a commendable job in the uh, games that he was in, but how different did it look with Creasa in there running the show? Well, you know, the first the first 24 minutes, maybe even worse, not because of Kirk Risa, but I think they were just a lot of guys, okay, they'd practice together, but they hadn't really gotten the feel of playing together in a game. But the last, you know, the next 14, 15, I thought the offense started to, to move well. You know, it, it looked like they passed the ball pretty well. Creasa definitely, that, that seven assists, that's the most any Mountaineer has had this year. So I have to go back to Kedrian Johnson last year to find a Mountaineer that had seven or more assists in a game. So, um, and that's while he's also putting up a lot of shots because he's needed. So once you get Jesse and hopefully he's he's healthy, and get him back to where he normally is, I think that offense is going to flow much, much better. I saw indications in the second half. First half, I was worried that you know all the pieces were just going to be disjointed for a long period of time, and it ultimately didn't get you the win. But I, I did see enough out of that in the second half that I thought, okay, they got a chance to at least be competitive, and this the flow flow will be better down in the future. Uh, substitute host, as I am, I know not to keep uh, this gentleman waiting when he is uh, first in to call the program. Bill in Charleston. Bill, welcome in. Thanks for joining. Hey, good evening, gentlemen. Good evening. Hey, uh, Greg, I think you may have already uh, answered it, but uh, just for the sake of my question, uh, have you seen it? Have we? Is it too early to tell, or, or is this an NCAA club or no? Not yet. I mean, they've got to show considerable improvement. I'd love to be able to tell you that they are. And they've got enough time that if they make noise and get wins, they can still achieve a, in that large berth if that's what they need. But um, at this juncture, they haven't played well enough to show that that is warranted. Now, you know, we'll see. West Virginia needs to accumulate some wins. Uh, they'll have a couple of chances 
uh, th actually three chances uh, heading into conference play. You got, as, as uh, Joe said, you got um, Radford, Radford Wednesday, mm -hmm. Toledo Saturday, and then the next week you'll have Ohio State and Cleveland. So, um, you know, not all of them are going to be even, even Radford's a, a very good club for their level. So, but you got to start to mass wins. But even I thought I saw improvement last night, Bill, but at this juncture, it's still not an NCAA tournament team. Well, 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 well Greg, uh, you got to have a winning record to get into any kind of tournament, like the NIT or the or the, any any of the other tournament. You got to at least have a winning th record. No, you don't. Um, you don't have. Oh, you don't have to have a winning record to no, get in NIT. No, some of those CBIs and all those things, um, they'll, they'll take you if you want to buy your way in. Um, so I, NIT is a little bit more particular um, and a little more difficult to get into. But um, you know, West Virginia just needs to go out and play well and start to accumulate some wins, and then let the let the ball fall. fall yeah, well, away. that's that's schedule coming up, Greg. Only the only the Marines island hopping in World <laughs> War II had a tougher schedule than what we've got. Well, uh, that was a difficult <laughs> one. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's difficult. It, it's very difficult. And this, you know, the, the Big 12 has not gotten easier with the additions that it's made. Houston is outstanding. BYU's been a top 25 team. Cincinnati's solid. UCF's even playing free, pretty well. So um, this league still is as good as it's ever been and West Virginia is not going to have any gimmies uh, once you get into conference play. All right. Okay, gentlemen. Thank you so very much. All right. Thanks very much. That's Bill in Charleston joining the show. You can do the same. Be sure to do so at 800-765-8255. That's 800-765-TALK or join us on the text line at 304-825-5304. 304-TALK. 304. Want to get your thoughts on the question of the evening, and I have not uh, gone into the uh, pre-show consultation with Coach Hunter about this question, but does the bowl game that West Virginia has, the Dukes-Mayo Bowl, have any difference of opinion on whether this is a successful season? Does it change your opinion, whether it's a win or a loss, uh, as to the overall success of this season for the Mountaineers? Give us your thoughts on the text line at 304-TALK-304. That's 304 825 Five three zero four. We say that, Coach Hunter, because as with this bowl game, as with most bowl games, you're looking at completely different rosters than we're going to see yeah. throughout the course of the regular season. So it's a little bit of a different and interesting case as to what you can really glean from the overall, uh, you know, from this this bowl matchup. No, you're you're right. And West Virginia is going to have some deletions on the defensive side because of transfers, and obviously Zach Frazier, a huge deletion in the offensive line on top of C.J. Donaldson in the backfield. Like I said, we'll, we'll find out about Preston Fox. So West Virginia has some attrition of its own, but not as much as what North Carolina does with, you know, one of the top five draft picks in the upcoming NFL draft and, and Drake May at quarterback. And, uh, you know, Tez Walker, a very good wide receiver, a really good linebacker for the Tar Heels as well. So they're dealing with it even more, which always changes the complexion of a bowl. But – I still think from a fan standpoint, I think that you look at this and anytime you can put a bow on a season or have the bow put around you, um, you know, that, that that's going to 
fans are going to react to that one either positively or negatively. So does the result of the bowl game change your opinion one way or the other on the season? That is the question. Join us on the text line, if you will. Later in the show, we'll get to some of the comments from WVU's 13th Consensus All-American, Beanie Bishop. He was the first player to step up to the microphone this afternoon over at the Milan Pushkar Center. We'll also hear from Garrett Green and get Neil Brown's thoughts as well on the upcoming bowl matchup. With the Did, did he get into, while well, you were there, in, mm-hmm. into the Mayo situation? Did not. Okay. He had addressed that a couple weeks ago. That he was okay with it. Yeah. But it wasn't a very enthusiastic okay. Yeah. Well, he'll accept it for the win, but it's not not something that uh, he necessarily uh, is going to enjoy. He'll enjoy the win, but not necessarily the mayo bath. Going back last year, I hope everybody had a chance to see Maryland head coach Mike Loxley, and he was prepared. He he took the mayo bath mm-hmm. after the victory, but wore one of those really big hats that are like two <laughs> sizes or, uh-huh. or two times the size of an actual hat, so he didn't actually get much of the mayo on him. Might have to uh, see if uh, Coach Brown, whichever Coach Brown is victorious, might engage in the uh, same level of wardrobe preparation. I, I think that should go into the bowl contract that you can't do that. Mm. you got to take the complete dump. We will see. We will see, what, seven days from now? No. No. Nine days from now. Yes. All the, it's a holiday. All the, yeah. day, all the days run Today's together. Days the 17th, games on the 27th. Luke Rousey and Ethan Collins are producers this evening on the CityNet Statewide Sports Line. We'll get into some more amounts in your football and basketball conversation coming up next. West Virginia, high-speed fiber internet is coming, and CityNet is helping lead the way to connection. CityNet is West Virginia's local technology company. Their home office's phone number starts with 304. And long after the West Virginia Fiber Project is completed, CityNet will still be your local internet connection. No more 1-800-I-can't-talk-to-a-human. Reach out to your neighbors at CityNet. When it comes to technology, CityNet connects, protects, and perfects. During this special holiday season, the health plan wants to share a message of warmth, security, and peace of mind. As the snow falls and families gather, we understand the importance of being together and feeling safe during this special time of the year. From all of us at the health plan, we wish you and your loved ones a joyous holiday filled with laughter, love, and peace. The health plan. We are here for you. Our country's recession has taken its toll on almost everyone, but it's been much tougher on those who were already barely surviving in one of the poorest regions of America. For more than 40 years, Appalachia Service Project has been sharing the love of Christ with thousands of poor and desperate families in Virginia, Kentucky, Tennessee, and West Virginia. We uh, didn't have any toiletries or any shampoo or anything, and it was real hard trying to you know, deal with everything knowing if you're going to have anything. Won't you help today? You can bring joy by giving a family the gift of a new roof or insulation to keep children warm, indoor plumbing, even electricity, and so much more. Please give a financial gift of any amount today by contacting Appalachia Service Project at ASPHome.org. That's ASPHome.org. Or call 1-866-998-3907. Nettie is 80 years old and has never lived in a home with indoor plumbing. Her husband passed away almost 15 years ago. She never thought she could afford even having an indoor bathroom. I had to leave home this winter and stay with my niece 
part of the winter because I couldn't use my own bathroom. For more than 40 years, Appalachia Service Project has been sharing God's love with thousands of desperate families by making their homes warmer, safer, and drier. When they came in, then they put a new floor, replaced my bathtub and uh, sink, and uh, my ceiling light was tore out. They put it in. I mean, it's so solid, you just can't believe. Will you help give a family a special gift? Call Appalachia Service Project today at 1-866-998-3907. That's 866-998-3907. Or visit ASPHome.org. That's ASPHome.org. Welcome back into the CityNet Statewide Sunday Sports Line. Joe Bricado and the coach, Greg Hunter, taking you up for the next 90 minutes to the 8 o'clock hour, in which I was just informed is the final Sunday Sports Line of the calendar year. Yeah, hard to believe. This is an it? awesome responsibility that uh, I'm now facing. <laughs> well, just like the bowl game, if you go out on a sour note for mm -hmm. Sports Line, everybody is bummed. Right? <laughs> so if you don't, you know, if you crash the ship before the year, it started over on, on a more positive aspect. Uh, I, but you've been pretty good. You've never steered us into the rocks that I, I can remember. With so. all due respect, you must have not been paying attention. <laughs> We're good. But, yeah, I mean, Christmas Eve and then New Year's Eve, I should ask. I, I know we don't have one on Christmas Eve. I don't think we do one on New Year's Eve either. There, the bowl games are on, and that usually preempts us on all the radio stations that we like to inhabit. All right. Late games in the NFL have all entered the fourth quarter or in the process of doing so. And uh, still looking for a competitive game. The Rams with a 20 to 7 lead on the Commanders in the fourth quarter. The 49ers 35-16 over the Arizona Cardinals just going to the fourth quarter. And a surprising result, the Buffalo Bills looking to back up their victory over Kansas City last week. They lead the Dallas Cowboys 24-3 going to the fourth quarter up in Buffalo. All right, Coach Hunter, should we, uh, should we proceed on the basketball or the football track? Um, let's get, do a little bit more basketball. Let's uh, wrap that up last night and then heading into the Darius Nichols showdown with the Radford Highlanders uh, coming on Wednesday. So what are your thoughts on then basketball? Then let's start with a couple of basketball text questions that came in okay. uh, overnight or early today. Was Kobe Johnson hurt or sick? This is what the texter wants to know. Can't understand why he would be sitting given his defense and everybody else's lack of it. Now, Johnson did play 16 minutes last night. Uh, that's, I believe, a season low for him, obviously, by, by necessity. He's played uh, a great amount of minutes with Kirk Reese and not in the lineup, but it'd be interesting to see what kind of role Kobe Johnson has going forward now that Kirk Reese is back in the fold. Yeah, Kobe started, but uh, admittedly his minutes are, are down. But, you know, not only Kerr, but uh, also Noah Farrakhan are, are, are taking – Backcourt minutes, so both he and Seth are good. Seth Wilson are, are going to deal with much fewer minutes than they had been playing. So, and you know what? I mean, Raekwon is more of a, a, a off guard wing forward type guy, but he'll probably eat into a few of those minutes as well. That's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, Kobe was playing like thirty five minutes a game. That was too much. Now, you know, does he warrant more than sixteen? I'm not saying he doesn't. That's the coach's decision, but. Uh, you got this many bodies who can play, and West Virginia played 10 
last night, um, you know, everybody's going to have to deal with fewer minutes. Yeah, prior to last night, 34 minutes was his season low a couple of different times uh, with that. Played as high as 38, but yeah, it'll certainly be interesting to see the uh, the role that Kobe Johnson has going forward. Texter, no defense, no rebounding, no aggressiveness. Praying it's because the whole team has a touch of the flu. Well, I don't know that we necessarily want the whole team to have a touch of the flu, but perhaps uh, an excuse for the performance. Yeah. I, you know, my, my hope for this team is they're all just still trying to figure out how to play together. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll have an idea in a couple of games if the flow gets improved, both offensively and defensively. Long text, I'll try to make it a little bit more concise, but what makes Hugs success what made Hugs successful? Defense and rebounding, because on any given night shooting can go cold like it did at UMass, citing that Edwards and Slazinski did not play well. And similar to the Bellarmine game, we let one player destroy us with threes. We have to make their hot shooter uncomfortable, even if it means getting some aggressiveness, hand-checking fouls early in the game to let him know we aren't going anywhere. I think it, there's a couple other texters making similar points that, no, this team is not going to be on par with some of the vintage uh, defensive teams that we've seen come through in, in previous years. Um it's just not. They're they're not set up that way. No. They're not set up to you know. They're not set up to play press Virginia. They just don't have those type of guys on the roster right now. No, you don't have that physical presence, right? I mean, and, and again, you're dealing with what what you could get, right? I mean, this wasn't a roster that was necessarily hand selected to fit uh, a particular sty style. You you know had a few four guys carry over. Um, then you just started adding pieces and you were getting what you could get the best you could get. Some of them came in with high acclaim, but they weren't necessarily guys that fit in with what West Virginia has done with the past, but that's okay. I mean, you can do it a different way, but um, they, they've got to get better at what they do. And, and, and admittedly, some of their weaknesses have, have got to be improved as well. Rich and Kaiser, and this deviates from the football, from the basketball track for a second, but I think it's a good question. I'd like your opinions on the following. The NCAA has to put stricter regulations on the transfer portal and NIL money. The month of December is now devoted to locking in your better players to make more lucrative NIL deals while sweating bullets that your depth doesn't enter the transfer portal all while trying to prepare for the bowl games. Very good point, Rich. Once playoffs go to 12 teams, bowls will be less meaningful and will and and situations will only get worse until you are a playoff team. Your thoughts? Yeah, good point, uh, Rich. And you know, so much of the month of December usually is uh, focused on the added bowl practices that you get for getting into a bowl game. But uh, you know, Neil Brown was pretty honest immediately after the Baylor game, which was a you know victory to close out an eight and four regular season. I I want to paraphrase too much, but it sounded like he called the next week, which was. Uh, essentially conference championship week, the most important week for the program in terms of uh, retaining it. That, 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 that's a statement. I don't know what the yeah. answer to the question is, but that's, that's how the coaches, yeah. the coaches certainly do agree with what Rich well, is saying. Well, and again, um, you know, I think a lot of people would like to see further guardrails on those things. But as we just found out this past week in the court system, uh, the guardrails that you try to put in uh, are deemed illegal. And, you know, uh, ultimately, two time, you can't put a rule in that says two-time transfers uh, can't have to sit out. So um, finding something that will pass the court system and also help alleviate some of the difficulties, that's really difficult right now in today's world. 
Did you see the comments from Chip Kelly at the UCLA yeah. about uh, the need for a commissioner? Was I the only one that was looking at that video and looked like he was looking at notes <laughs> as he was saying that? Or was well, I? He, he probably okay. had. I mean, most of those coaches are smart enough to put put down a sketch of ideas of what they want to talk about. So it wouldn't surprise me. But uh, I mean, he's not I, wrong. No, he's yeah. not wrong. But uh, there are a couple power conferences right now that are gobbling up a, a share of you know, the, not only just the accolades, but the money, are, are they going to acquiesce and, and now s- spread their, their power and their wealth around to at least the other major conferences until the SEC and big 10 say, you know what, we'll, we'll share equally. It's not going to be equal. Texter. Did Josh not learn anything from all those years with hugs? Hugs would have benched those that played zero defense and had, Ali Ragab, Bembry, and Sumnick in the game for long minutes just because most of those on the court were clueless, looking more and more like a 9-23, and 23, counting the first-round knockout in the Big 12 tourney. Not a good year to try out as head coach. Well, there's a lot there, and certainly this roster in which Josh Eilert is trying to work with is not constructed, in, and it was to the point you had made earlier, Coach Hunter, it, you have what you have, um, but the question, uh, I think, to the texter's point is, you know, for players that are on the court and if they're not, if, if it's that they're not capable of playing great defense or if the defensive effort just isn't where it needs to be, he now does at least have a few more options, guys sitting by him on the bench that he can maybe go to. Yeah. I mean, when you were playing six, you, you really had nobody in there that you could say, okay, so-and-so isn't playing well offensively or defensively. Um, you know, let's let's put somebody else in. You were just trying to rotate to manage minutes. Now you you can rotate if um, somebody's not exerting effort or just playing poorly. I mean, it, you know, it's not necessarily just effort wise. Sometimes it's just not that day. And I think you know, for Jesse, I I don't think it was effort. I think he, he didn't have the touch he normally has, and then he got hurt. Stephen Philippi watching the video feed for the first time. Thanks oh, for gee. Thank, thanks Thank very you. much, Steve. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. I'm sorry yeah. that it's me, you know, yeah. on here. Well, I'm and not, sorry. Not Travis, I'm but. disappointing you as well. <laughs> if you had higher thoughts of my looks. Steve's question: Does a bowl win carry as well as it used to be? And uh, thought that, and and thought basketball gets all of their pieces together. He could they could surprise some people in the Big Twelve. Does bowl win carry as well as it used to be? I, I guess that's yeah. that's that's that's, I that's mean, the question. It's, Steve. You know, I, I there was always a distinction between bowls, right? I mean, maybe it's more so now. But, you know, West Virginia has been to major bowls. They've been to Sugars. They've been to Orange. They've been to a couple Fiestas. Uh, those things were elite, right? And I'll even the Gator Bowl years that West Virginia got down there. Those, those had a different vibe. The minor bowls were always minor bowls. I don't know if that's changed so much. The opt-out part of it has changed. Um, but you know, I, I don't know. What, what do you think? Are, are bowls different now than they used to be? I mean, especially when you start moving down the line. Yeah. I think the, the to the point that a texture made earlier, now that next year you're going to have the 12 team playoff and that number of bowl games that really, really look, I mean, the, you and I have been at the sugar bowl at mm-hmm. the fiesta bowl at the orange bowl those obviously meant a lot but those great victories for this west virginia program uh even though they weren't in you know a national championship or in a playoff setting i think those were huge victories for the program but does 
that number of games that really, really matter to that level now decrease? And is it anything that's outside of the, what, 13 games that'll make up the, uh, the yeah. playoff? Does, does it completely cheapen it to a degree? I, I, I think yes. Um, you know, but is it good to have one line? I think for West Virginia's perspective, there's because there's so many guys that are coming back next year, you, you could certainly make the argument that maybe this means more to West Virginia than to North Carolina. West Virginia is going to have mm -hmm. most of their key contributors on the field with the notable exception, obviously, of Zach Frazier. And certainly uh, he'd give anything that he could to get out there one last time to play for the Mountaineers. But I think because you have so many of those West Virginia guys that are going to be back, it, it probably does carry greater meaning. Yeah, for I'll admit, admit that there's going to be a demarcation line for the top 12, right? Those guys are going to be uh, in their fan base is going to be incredibly juiced come bowl season. Everybody else is going to be a little bit more whole hum, but I'm not certain if, um, you know, the independence bowl is going to mean any less next year than it does this year. I mean, it's still going to be an opportunity for, um, you know, a team that's got six, seven, maybe eight wins to find a way to a bowl game and maybe get yeah. one more final win. But uh, certainly now you're going to have more teams. Now it's four that everybody pays attention to. Now it's going to be 12. Back to the phone lines we go, and we go to Jim in Annapolis. Jim, welcome in. How are you doing, gentlemen? Good, Jim. Thanks. Yeah, Merry Christmas to all of you. Same to you. Uh, well, you kind of want to, we talked about the football team. Have anybody dropped out and gone to this portal stuff? Well, West, players? West Virginia's had a number of players go into the portal. They've had 11 uh, that have announced for the portal uh, to this point. Um and Neil said, he admitted, there'll probably be more after the game. There's also a spring portal window. There'll be more there. Uh, but that's just part of the, the, the landscape today. I mean, there are a couple of guys that, um, you know, are significant. Two guys that, that played a lot on defense this past year. And Hershey McLaurin and, and Mike Lockhart. Mike started every game at nose guard. Uh, he announced this week he's going to SMU. Hershey, uh, what did he get? Seven starts, I think, at, at Spear. Um, so he will, uh, he's transferring out as well. So SMU? If for, for, for Lockhart, Lockhart yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, the, I mean, in terms of the bowl game this year, those two are, are going to be losses. Um, but really, that's it. I, I have also said there was a true freshman that is. Uh, departing through the por portal and James Hurd, who I think they had high hopes for, uh, but for whatever even reason, um, wa wants to leave as well. So, but that you know, it it doesn't seem to be the hit right now is as big as it has been in past years. But we'll wait and see um, what future portal entrants uh, bring. Thanks, Jim. What Appreciate about the basketball? What's going on with them? A good bit. I hope you've uh, caught the first uh, two segments yep. of the show, but uh, we'll certainly have some more discussion on, on hoops as we uh, progress through the show. But, Jim, thanks very much for calling. We uh, appreciate you checking in. A little bit behind in a break, we'll get back to the text line and get to some of the comments from Beanie Bishop and Garrett Green coming up the next segment on the CityNet Statewide Sports Line. During this special holiday season, the health plan wants to share a message of warmth, security, and peace of mind. As the snow falls and families gather, we understand the importance of being together and feeling safe during this special time of the year. From all of us at the Health Plan, 
We wish you and your loved ones a joyous holiday filled with laughter, love, and peace. The Health Plan. We are here for you. The most advanced and effective skin cancer treatment, Mohs Surgery, is performed by the experts at WVU Medicine Dermatology. Our board-certified and fellowship-trained Mohs surgeons are highly skilled and experienced in treating skin cancer. And this minimally invasive procedure is all done in an outpatient setting under local anesthesia with no need for sedation. Find out more at wvumedicine.org slash We used to think all lung cancer was the same. Now we know that each tumor may have a different genetic makeup. Several different molecular types of lung cancer have been identified. By performing molecular testing on a lung cancer tumor, doctors can try to determine what's causing the cancer to grow. It's a different way of looking at lung cancer. Because lung cancer can affect anyone. The young or old. Smokers or non-smokers. You or me. Knowing the molecular profile of my tumor helped determine my treatment options. Anyone can get lung cancer, and not all lung cancers are the same. Talk to your doctor to see if molecular testing is appropriate for you. Visit lungcancerprofiles.com to learn more. That's lungcancerprofiles.com. A public service of six leading lung cancer advocacy groups with support from Pfizer Oncology. Owning a home is the American dream, but today's economy is challenging. Have you fallen behind on your mortgage payments? Many homeowners facing financial difficulty often feel lost and don't know where to turn for help. The airwaves are filled with offers of fast and simple relief. However, many find these offers often lead to damaged credit, higher debt, and ultimately the loss of one's home. If it seems like there's no way out, know there is legitimate help available. The National Foundation for Credit Counseling is a nonprofit organization that has provided answers and concrete solutions to consumers in situations just like yours for more than 60 years. Our certified housing specialists will work with you to review your finances and create a custom plan that's right for your specific situation. NFCC member agencies provide free and affordable help and meet U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development standards. Call 866-687-6322 or visit mortgagehelpnow.org. Welcome back into a Sunday edition of the CityNet Statewide Sports Line, the final Sunday show of the 2023 calendar year, which leaves us then, it'll be you and I again on the first Sunday uh, of January, on January 7th. Yeah, well, well hard to believe, right? Yep. Moving in January, bowl game will be well in our rearview mirror by then. We'll have plenty of content from the bowl game, though, scheduled, just be weeknight stuff. If, if you saw me uh, following on the video stream through the break, I'm... I'm angered and kind of flustered because I know we have a bunch of Christmas bumper music somewhere in here, <laughs> but I'm afraid that if I try to find it too hard, then I'm you know probably going to blow something up. So I think we'll just uh, stick with the regular okay. regular bumper music. You can just hum. Well, 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 I'm sure Hoppy you know will break Rudolph. it out tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, we, well, I mean, you know, we've got another hour and 13 minutes of the show. We could certainly get into some Christmas carols if we need be, but maybe we should head back to the text line yeah, instead. I and J, so. JB from Buchanan asking, do you feel that CJ will be back? How about Anderson? 
and we'll start there and then there's another question from mm-hmm. jb to get to but the running back situation i mean certainly it, it from all indications cj donaldson will be back for his junior season uh, jalen anderson uh that probably is something that will have to play Neil out. mentioned him in terms of the bowl yeah. lineup that uh jaheem white and jalen anderson are going to be part of the bowl rotation um at, at running back uh though uh dj oliver the true freshman that is redshirting this year Bowl games don't count against your four-game redshirt rule. So Oliver's already played four regular season games. In, in some years, in, in a few years ago, um, he couldn't have played in a bowl game, but they've changed that rule. So he can now play in a goal, bowl game. So he'll get opportunities as well. Uh, so that's probably your three running back rotation with CJ, as we said at the beginning of the show, if you weren't listening, uh, CJ's hurt underwent surgery he's not going to play in the bowl game we have no indications that he's not going to be back next year um and you know the fact that neil talked about jalen anderson don't know his long-term status though certainly seems like he's going to be there uh in charlotte as well so we'll see in today's world sometimes people make decisions uh that that surprise you and do so at the last minute to that end, JB's second question in his text message, and I and uh, you stayed for Coach Brown. I had mm-hmm. to uh, come back here, but was Aubrey Burks's status yeah. addressed at all? Aubrey, okay. I know there was some rumor about that. Not all rumors are true. Some are, some aren't. Uh, talked about Aubrey a great, great deal, and it didn't actually say, "Hey, is Aubrey going to play?" He said Aubrey's going to have to play here, here, and here because you know, they, you know, especially with McLaurin's departure. Now, Marquise Floyd was already. Um, you know, starting at the spear for West Virginia, but you're you're still pretty thin back there, and, and McLaurin's absence makes you a little bit thinner. So McLaurin's probably going to have to move around a little bit more as West Virginia really has three safeties for three positions, but mm-hmm. you may have to sort of mix Malachi Ruffin, moving him from corner and sliding him back to safety at times as well. Jacoby Spells will play at corner uh, in place of – whoever is need to, needs a rest long term for Aubrey. And there was some discussion that he's received a large offer from an sec school to transfer and leave the program. That was not brought up to, nope. to coach Brown. Okay. All right. Texter Greg from Lake Norman. And this is a good question, uh, which Greg always brings good questions mm-hmm. to the fold. But so is a cook, a cook's name, a cook or cook or a cook react. Like it says on his Jersey. And I hope I have the pronunciation there. Correct. I know WVU is, Sold their allotment and then some for the Mayo Bowl. But have you heard how ticket sales are going overall for the game? Did UNC sell their allotment? Haven't seen anything about it in the local fish wrap down here. <laughs> so, Greg, thank you for checking in. We'll, we'll start with the uh, the name on a Cook a Cook's jersey, which was there two games ago, the last home game yeah. uh, before they headed to UMass. Yeah, West Virginia's – during the post game. I don't remember which one of those home games it was um, – but West first, Drexel game may have been Drexel. Oh. West Virginia's players and then coach were asked about, "Hey, do you know what that means?" Because uh, I don't pay attention, but there, there's some media people that are more in tuned to such things than I, and they'd noticed that it, he has a different name on the back of the jerseys. None of those guys <laughs> claim that they even noticed. But quickly, West Virginia Sports Information Director Brian Messerly uh, chimed in and said, "That's his given name." And he's decided to do that. So while everybody knows him as a cook, a cook, the what is it? Reak, R E Y A K. Yes. So yeah. a cook reak apparently is his full given name. So 
take that for what it is. Extremely uh, confusing, I understand. <laughs> There's oftentimes we've had confusion with names. I know West Virginia recruited a running back from Okeechobee, Florida, a number of years ago by the name of uh, Jimmy Tolbert. Signed, Jimmy Tolbert. Jimmy Tolbert gets to West Virginia. He's Jimmy Gary and goes on to have a very hmm. good career at West Virginia. So names, uh, you know, they, once you get here, you know, sometimes the hyphenated aspect of things. Uh, I remember Amos Zeraway. This was before internet days. There, there's, knew, there's such a thing? Yeah. Okay, nobody knew how to spell his name mm -hmm. when, he, when he first signed. I spelled it with a Q for about two weeks. There's no way there should be even a thought of a Q in there, but it took quite a while before we figured out that um, how to spell it. So, you know, and, and again, I'm, I'm taking a long winding path too. That's his given name. Did you also notice that Kerr Creasa last night had just Kerr, his first name on his jersey and not Creasa? I will, I, I think he did that at Arizona. Okay. Someone said. So when we get a chance to interview Kerr. Tuesday, I think, is the next uh, availability for yeah, the team. So. Whether the whether he comes in or mm -hmm. not, we'll find out. But I uh, have to ask him about that. And, again, I think some of these things are up to the individual, right? right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, to the other points, uh, Greg uh, from Lake Mor Norman made in his text, uh, ticket allotment, you know, WVU's allotment has gone in some of the upper upper yeah, decks. Yeah, opened By up the way, did you see deck? some of the photos from the – Falcons Panthers game today, which yeah. the Panthers actually won their second game of the year. Yeah. That was uh, alarming. But yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, well, for West Virginia fans that are going down to Charlotte a little, little bit early uh, on the twenty fourth, the Panthers play the Green Bay Packers. Mm -hmm. uh, some years that would entice me. I'm not missing Christmas with my family to go down that early, but uh, and also the way the Packers are currently playing. You mean you're not in on the uh, the Jordan Love experience? Yeah, well, I was for quite a while and it's starting to sour but anyways tickets should be well available uh for that game the on on the 24th and a couple of days before mountaineers are in that same stadium Just, but yeah sorry. in, in terms of tickets real quickly uh we had the bowl president on earlier in the week and he was he said he was very happy with uh bowl sales ticket sales uh didn't sound like um North Carolina's were going quite as heavily because they there wasn't as much need to open upper deck sections on their side as there was on West Virginia. So we'll find out. It sounds like I mean th this is not going to exceed those seventy thousand plus numbers that West Virginia had when they were down there uh, a couple of times in bowl games before. But it sounds like it's it's going to be a very good crowd for what what you get nowadays. Jesse in Beckley says bowl game in Charlotte is a big time deal. Wonder if Jesse will make the what's that about three hours from, from Beckley to, it's, to Charlotte? It's about it's five and a half to six from here. So okay. Beckley's about two and a half from here. So not, not too shabby. Texter, I don't believe a loss or a win changes anything about this season. I think next year will determine whether or not Neil Brown hangs around. Texter, winning a bowl game isn't what it used to be. I want the win. My opinion is unchanged, and it was a good season, unless it is a New Year's Day game, unless it's a New Year's Day game. I watched WVU get out-rebounded last night by a team known for their rebounding, so I wasn't surprised. What made UMass so effective is the quickness to the ball. They didn't hesitate on the decision to go get the ball and did so aggressively. They really attack the boards. My comment is, is, is most of that coaching. I, I think to a degree, you know, Frank Martin teams have been known for – being aggressive 
defensive-oriented teams and obviously strong on the boards. I don't think it's necessarily an indictment of WVU's coaches, more of a, a product of what's currently on the roster right now, yeah. as, as we talked about before. Yeah, you're right. And West Virginia's best rebounder is Jesse Edwards, and he was limited. So, that, I mean, that was a problem area uh, for West Virginia initially, and now you take out their best rebounder and it becomes even more of a problem. We will get to some of the comments from Beanie Bishop and Garrett Green. We've got some more messages on the text line to get to. Be sure to join us there at 304-TALK-304 or on the phones at 800-765-8255 or 800-765-TALK. CityNet Statewide Sunday Sports Line continues after this. During this special holiday season, the health plan wants to share a message of warmth, security, and peace of mind. As the snow falls and families gather, we understand the importance of being together and feeling safe during this special time of the year. From all of us at the health plan, we wish you and your loved ones a joyous holiday filled with laughter, love, and peace. The health plan. We are here for you. West Virginia, high-speed fiber internet is coming, and CityNet is helping lead the way to connection. CityNet is West Virginia's local technology company. Their home office's phone number starts with 304. And long after the West Virginia Fiber Project is completed, CityNet will still be your local internet connection. No more 1-800-I-can't-talk-to-a-human. Reach out to your neighbors at CityNet. When it comes to technology, CityNet connects, protects, and perfects. I have a passion for the environment. That's why I mountain bike. I love being in the woods, on near vertical trails. I relish the challenge when I can appreciate the best nature has to offer. So it was only natural that I would choose a career in the elements where I can make a difference. That's why I serve in the United States Coast Guard. We monitor commercial vessels, making sure our ports and waterways are safe and clean from oil or other hazardous material. We patrol our fisheries, protect marine wildlife and their habitats. With all we do, it's about protecting America. This is a lot like mountain biking. It's always exciting to navigate through the next challenge. Were you born ready to protect America, our environment, our resources, our people? Learn more at GoCoastGuard.com. Sponsored by the United States Coast Guard in cooperation with the Maryland, D.C., Delaware Broadcasters Association and this station. with great pleasure that I welcome you to today's graduation ceremony. Students, uh, when you hear the reason or reasons for your absences throughout the years, please exit the auditorium without your high school diploma. Once you've exited, remove your cap and gown and proceed into the unknown. <clears throat> Too tired. Family trip. Part-time job. Helping around the house. Sick day. Starting the holidays early. Just because. Starting in the sixth grade, students who miss 18 days or more of school in a year for any reason will fall behind and risk not graduating high school. How many days of school has your child missed this year? Absences add up. Keep track at boostattendance.org today. Brought to you by the U.S. Army and the Ad Council.
Welcome back into the CityNet Statewide Sunday Sports Line. Joe Bricado and Greg Hunter taking you up till 8 o'clock this evening talking Mountaineer football and basketball. We'll get to some of the comments from WVU's 13th consensus All-American Beanie Bishop and a quarterback Garrett Green. We'll also have some more coverage of everything that Neil Brown had to say at today's media availability at WVMetroNews.com later this evening. And this is the first of two media availabilities for Coach Brown as uh, Wednesday is obviously a big day for the Mountaineers. And we'll learn the members of the class of 2024. So we'll get Coach Brown's thoughts on that. One o'clock, Coach Hunter. He says in a questioning tone, yes. not knowing the answer or not yes. confident in the answer. Okay, yes. very good. You right. are right. So uh, later in the program, we'll talk more about uh, some of the new Mountaineers that will be joining in the class of 2024 and a uh, recent addition uh, to that group as well. All right. The uh, first player to speak today was Beanie Bishop. And the first question was about him becoming the 13th All-American consensus All-American in WVU program history. Here's Beanie Bishop. It's a big accomplishment, you know. Um, it's 130-something teams. Um, each team has, like, 100 players. And, you know, I don't know how big the, the, the All-American uh, rosters are, but um, just to be on those uh, teams, you know, it's just like the elite of the elite guys. Um, <clears throat> and I and I think it, uh, you know, it's a, it, it's a big accomplishment, not only for me, but, you know, the school – you know, uh, just other guys. You know, being able to see that 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 you can do it, um, and you don't, you know, you don't have to do it uh, by being on social media and, and you know doing all of those things. You don't have to be a social media guy. You can, you know, just put your head down and work. Um, and, you know, and and everybody's path is different. You know, uh, six year, um, and there was a lot of six year guys on there and, and whatnot. But um, started at a small school. You know, under-recruited, small kid. You know, a lot of coaches um, didn't really believe in me coming out of high school. You know, and um, and I just I just played with a chip on my shoulder. Um, and you know, I I just been uh, blessed by God. You know, and and just keeping my head down and working. So the numbers that he put up from a passes defended standpoint, uh, nation best. He did say that there were a couple of plays that he left out there, maybe a couple of uh, those passes defended that could have turned into interceptions. I wanted to be in a, you know, in a, in a Jim Thorpe category. Uh, wanted to be one of those finalists. Um, you know, things didn't work out that way because uh, I left. I left a lot of plays out there. You know, I, I think, you know, I catch at least half of the the ones that I drop. It, it wouldn't even be a. I'd probably be sitting here with y'all with the trophy. So the yin and the yang, obviously a tremendous uh, season in his lone season in a Mountaineer uniform. And the uh, first thing that he wants to talk about is some plays that he could have made. Yeah, isn't that, uh, you know, that's just, I guess, the personal insight of, of a lot uh, of people, some of the most highly competitive ones. And, um, you know, Neil was very uh, appreciative of him and, and also mentioned, how, and we've talked about this some on the show as well, how much they'll use that when they're going out to recruit transfer portal guys and just saying, hey, look at what, what happened with Beanie Bishop when he got here. One year he became a consensus All-American. Hey, quick news that just just noticed breaking as I checked Twitter. Uh, James Hurd, who we talked about, West Virginia, departing transfer has announced that he's committing to Syracuse. Okay. So Syracuse with a couple of uh, big additions mm -hmm. uh, recently. Ohio State's quarterback headed there as well. Yeah. 
So uh, we talked about earlier, uh, Mike Lockhart, uh, one Mountaineer transfer committed earlier in the week to SMU. So this is the second departing transfer, at least that I'm aware of, that has now made a commitment to another school. Back to Beanie Bishop, and there, we, we knew coming into the year there wasn't a ton of depth at the cornerback spot, and really Beanie and Malachi Ruffin were workhorses, never came off the field, and almost quite literally in Beanie's case, and Beanie talked about having the responsibility of playing major snaps in the Mountaineer secondary. To get to the next level, I, I have to, you know, be on the field and be available and you can't, you know, you can't make plays if you're on the sideline. I didn't, I didn't really mind. Um, as long as I'm healthy, I want to play football, you know. So I wasn't mad, you know. I was happy to to be out there. Ninety-five um, percent of the snaps is, is crazy, but you know, that's that's what I came here for the opportunity to play, you know. Because last year I wasn't, I I don't know how many percent of the snaps that I played. So, you know, I was grateful. As we talked about, the Mountaineers finishing 8-4, and four, and Beanie offered up his thoughts on the season as a whole. I'm proud of the team. You know, coming in uh, preseason, oh, 14, you know, 14. Oh, we don't think they're going to win more than two or three games. And, you know, we easily could have been a 10-win team. You know, we dropped the Houston game, um, had mistakes in Oklahoma State. You know, that that's the difference from, you know, 8-10 eight and, eight and ten wins. So, it just just seeing the guys how how we played together and complimented each other, especially towards the end of the season where you know defense and offense and special teams, you know, is all playing like as as a cohesive unit. Coach Hunter, I'm shocked, shocked, quite frankly, that uh, there would be references to West Virginia's 14th place <laughs> uh, prediction in the Big 12 preseason media poll. I'm shocked that that still resonates throughout many people yeah. uh, across town. Hasn't that been the theme uh, since the summer, uh, even before they started to prove people wrong and. Uh, you know, it used to be they'd, they'd have, I talked about highlight videos for each year, uh, and they'd have a title for each one. And uh, I think if they have a title for this one, 14, 14. Would, would be yep. in there somewhere. Uh, rising above 14, I don't know. I'll let somebody more creative come up with the actual one. But uh, if, if there's not been uh, something, a theme that is more been more prevalent than that one this year I, I haven't noticed it it was a graphic I know for a couple of the different games when the team finishes the man trip comes on to the field and gathers in one last huddle before going into the locker room for home games and um, wouldn't you know a mm -hmm. large number 14 in big gold letters happened to show up on the scoreboard and you know it, it, it shouldn't surprise me I, I get it, especially at that high competitive level you need that that chip on your shoulder I mean, if you saw Michael Jordan, I mean, he had to use every chip. He's the greatest player mm -hmm. in the history of the game, but he had to use every slight and every chip to motivate himself. So, I mean, Neil, Neil used that 14th from the day that it came out. And like you said, they kept using it. So that's just the chip everybody has to use. Tom Brady can win 57 Super Bowls. But he's got to use what seventh round pick? What mm -hmm. what, what was he? Sixth. Sixth. Yeah, uh, you know, and and use that until the day he dies. So that's just the competitive nature of athletes. And Michael Jordan played in a pre-social media era. Yeah. Imagine the uh -huh. fuel that he would have had coming at him if he was alive in the time or playing in the time of mm -hmm. Facebook and Twitter. Oh boy.
Last uh, comment from Beanie Bishop, and we talked about how the UNC offense is going to look a little bit different than what they put out uh, on the course on the field during the course of the regular season without starting quarterback Drake May. Beanie offered up what he's seen so far on the Tar Heel offense. They have a, a freshman starting at quarterback, uh, pretty good, pretty good quarterback. You know, we watched him a little bit. He didn't really have uh, too many plays this year, uh, so we kind of had to watch a little bit of his high school highlights. Uh, guy can run, you know, so they might change the game plan up a little bit, you know, to try to get him in rhythm, um, let him use his legs a little bit and things like that. And, you know, they have talented guys at receiver, um, pretty productive, productive room, um, tight ends as well. So, you know, it's, it, they have guys on scholarship too, you know, so, and been having like top recruiting classes uh, over the past few years. So, it's gonna, uh, it's gonna be a, you know, what I'm saying it's gonna be a good game. It does raise the question of how far do you go back, try to find film on a guy where there's not a lot of film uh, at UNC of, and how do you go about the process of preparing for somebody that you can't get a whole lot of film on? And he addressed that a little bit. He yep. said they've gone back and watched some of his high school uh, film. He's from uh, Alabama, so they went back and watched some high school film and. Talked about his running ability. Speaking of Connor Harrell, sorry, yeah, jump, jumped I'm ahead. Sorry, so, yeah, but yep. uh, you know, decent size. Um, and you know, said and he was asked when you're talking about it, it sounds like you're talking a lot about Garrett Green, guy who who's got good speed, good good wheels, and also talked about how accurate he was with his his deep passes. And he said, yeah, you know, bigger version, but there's some similarities there. So. Uh, that's that's what you're dealing with, but you're dealing with a guy. I think he only played in four games and uh, had minimal uh, snaps in those. As Drake May played 98, 99 percent of the the snaps for the Tar Heels this season, but different. Um, but one thing that apparently isn't opting out for UNC is they've got an All-American running back who rushed for over 1,400 yards this year. First team All ACC earned a couple of first team All-American honors. So in Hampton, so he's He's very good, so he has been a big part of their offense, but you'd have to think with the, the opt-outs that North Carolinas have, he's going to be even more of the focus. Yeah, 15 touchdowns for Omari and Hampton and 1,442 rushing yards, and uh, we'll obviously talk more specifics about the Tar Heels as we get closer to game time coming up next week. We will now flip the script and talk about the offensive side of the football. The second player to step up to the microphone was Garrett Green. And uh, first question, the honor always going to this gentleman to my writing coach, Hunter. Garrett Green talking about the final seven games of the year and what things improved for the Mountaineers on the offensive side of the ball over those final seven. Kind of the last seven games, you know, our, our O-line really, really started playing at a very elite level. Um, and when they're playing really, really well, uh, our run game's really good. And then the the downfield passes and and all of our all of our quick game stuff kind of falls into place after that. So I think it all starts with just how well our, our offensive line was playing. Not at all shocking that the first team or the first players that he praises are the guys in front of him. But obviously, in that case, uh, not enough can be not enough good things can be said about the group that was in front of him this year. No, nah, obviously, really good, and it, it was an offense that sort of had to find its way early. Some of that was because of injuries, especially to. Garrett Green is is he got injured game three and, and wasn't healthy for the next couple missed one wasn't healthy for um, you know a couple more after that but his return to full health and then the, the emergence of Jaheim White as an explosive player the growth of the young wide receivers 
really led that group. Now, again, the, the offensive line was obviously the heart and soul, but that was an offense that, like I said, through the first five games was okay, but far from great. Last seven, they averaged 36 points a game, and they were they were elite at that point in time. So those are the uh, comments from Garrett Green. We'll hear a little bit more from Garrett Green about uh, what he said, I believe, uh, from that very microphone that you're speaking uh, about or in front of Coach Hunter uh, during the Three Guys Before the Game podcast when Green mentioned that he was absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt, staying for the 2024 season. And he talked about his decision to continue and conclude his career as a Mountaineer. fabric of the state was, you know, blue collar and, you know, workman's mentality. Um, and there's a lot of parallels between between that and then, you know, my last name, the Green family. You know, there's a whole lot of parallels. Um, and, you know, that's that's something that, you know, I've really held on to and I've really been proud of the state. Um, you know, I wouldn't want to be a quarterback for anybody else. Um, it's my home and, you know, I love it here. Why do I think that quote is going to turn up on a WVU social media <laughs> graphic uh, at some point, probably very soon? You don't think it already has? It may already have. Yeah. You know, we're, we're, we're in the shelter of the studio here, yeah. so uh, kind of hard to tell. But no, you're no, right. And it, that he summed it up perfectly. No yeah, e- exactly. Because, you know, he's a guy who's really grown at West Virginia. But uh, as with everybody in today's world, um, and not even multi-time transfers are, are necessarily held back, but uh, opportunities to, to transfer. Uh, West Virginia has NIL opportunities, but I'm sure that Others have more, but uh, Garrett Green satisfied with what he has at WVU. And there will be a great deal of continuity, we assume, on the offensive side of the football for 2024. And he talked about working with uh, the same group of receivers, uh, or at least a number of young receivers that will be back for next season and how they can expect to improve uh, as they all gel together going forward. Super important, um, you know, just, just for me to get, get a full full offseason with those guys. Um, we'll throw hundreds of times within the, within, you know, kind of January all the way to, to fall camp or, or the first game. Um, so it, it's super important to where, you know, like eventually we'll get to the point where, you know, I could probably close my eyes and I can know exactly where they're going to be, when they're going to be there. Because that's all a pass game is, is just being where you're supposed to be and on time. In a different comment, he talked about Hudson Clement, Traylon Ray, and Rodney Gallagher as some of the guys individually that would, uh, will obviously all be back uh, again next year as well. And, um, you know, if, if you're looking for positives about this team, certainly uh, that that young group of receivers and working with a veteran quarterback stands out. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, so much of this offense is due to return, and, and a lot of them have already voiced their, um, you know, commitment to return on social media. So uh, those young receivers, we saw their growth over the course of the season, uh, but that's without an offseason of strength and conditioning work for Rodney and, and Traylon Ray. Um, Hudson Clement's only going to get better mm-hmm. as he goes along. Preston Fox returns. Hopefully he'll, he can play even in the bowl game. But, um, you know, Devin Carter is really the one missing piece from the offense uh, that won't be back in terms of the skill guys. you got a couple of linemen and Doug Nestor and Zach Frazier, but uh, you got a lot of guys back there as well. So th- this offense, at least right now, the way we're projecting it, has a ton of coming back so and Neil again we're going to hear from Neil uh in his comments here shortly but he said you know a lot of ways the bowl is a a prelude to 2024 and he also mentioned uh in his press conference today how this has been a particularly good developmental time for Nico Marchio as well yeah Nico Marchio definitely has he said has has really used uh November December uh to make strides and he, he pointed out several other players as well 
Uh, but that's one he, he made sure to single out. We will get back to the football and basketball conversations in the text line as well. Be sure to join us there at 304-TALK-304. That's 304-825-5304. Join us on the phones at 800-765-8255. We'll hear from Neil Brown later in the show. We'll also get you set for National Signing Day on the WVU side of things. And we'll also talk about some of the uh, West Virginia prep products who are set to sign at Division I football institutions coming up on Wednesday as well. The CityNet Statewide Sports Line continues after this. For the fourth consecutive year, U.S. News and World Report ranks WVU Medicine J.W. Ruby Memorial Hospital as the number one hospital in West Virginia. Ruby Memorial is nationally ranked in obstetrics and gynecology and recognized as high-performing in three specialties and 14 procedures and conditions. Trust your care at the hospital included in the top 12% of hospitals for clinical outcomes, level of nursing care, and patient experience. Visit wvumedicine.org. During this special holiday season, the health plan wants to share a message of warmth, security, and peace of mind. As the snow falls and families gather, we understand the importance of being together and feeling safe during this special time of the year. From all of us at the Health Plan, we wish you and your loved ones a joyous holiday filled with laughter, love, and peace. The Health Plan. We are here for you. Our country's recession has taken its toll on almost everyone, but it's been much tougher on those who were already barely surviving in one of the poorest regions of America. For more than 40 years, Appalachia Service Project has been sharing the love of Christ with thousands of poor and desperate families in Virginia, Kentucky, Tennessee, and West Virginia. We uh, didn't have any toiletries or any shampoo or anything, and it was real hard trying to, you know, deal with everything. No one if you gonna have anything. Won't you help today? You can bring joy by giving a family the gift of a new roof or insulation to keep children warm, indoor plumbing, even electricity, and so much more. Please give a financial gift of any amount today by contacting Appalachia Service Project at ASPHome.org. That's ASPHome.org. Or call 1-866-998-3907. Husband and wife Katie and Kenny were living in a small, badly damaged house in Northern Virginia. They had no heat, no bathroom, and no electricity. To make matters worse, Kenny received bad news from his employer. Yeah, I was working construction-related site development, a large firm in Northern Virginia, and boom, gone, laid off, sorry, we can't use you no more. Through Appalachia Service Project, God answered Katie and Kenny's prayers. And he loved me enough to bring me these people. We remember uh, this multitude of people, God's army, that marched through here. Love. God's yeah, love. The house of love built. Won't you help today? Call Appalachia Service Project at 1-866-998-3907. That's 866-998-3907. Or visit ASPHome.org. That's ASPHome.org.
Welcome back to the CityNet Statewide Sunday Sports Line. Joe Bricado and the coach Greg Hunter taking you up till 8 o'clock this evening. Thanks for joining us on the program. Coming up in our next segment, some of the comments from WVU head coach Neil Brown as the Mountaineers get set for the Dukes Mayo Bowl coming up next week. And in terms of a schedule for uh, the team, this was this is the second to last practice day before the team gets a little bit of time yeah, off. Yeah, exactly. Practice again, I think it's tomorrow morning, he said. Uh, get a little bit of break. Rejoin next Friday. Practice. I, th- I may have it wrong. Neil talks about it. So when, once we get to Neil. Uh, and then a couple of practices, two, three practices in, in Charlotte. And then uh, you play on the 27th. And boom, get a couple weeks off before the new semester starts. And those that are returning, hit the ground running again. Back to the text line and uh, join us, if you will, at 304-TALK-304. That's 304-825-5304. Texter saying, I believe a bowl win will put an exclamation mark on a good season. It also gives somewhat of a preview of what we'll be looking at next season. Texter, with the portal and with players opting out, is the bowl game the end of the 2023 season or the beginning of 2024? Good question. Good question. Yeah, Probably more the latter than the former, Mm -hmm. but... Uh, I, I still it still counts on the twenty three record. So, uh, but yeah, I, I understand, and especially when you have so many people coming back, like West Virginia is supposed to, you definitely can view it as a preview. Texter uh, asking you this question specifically, Greg, wondering how much influence, in your opinion, does the city of Morgantown have on recruiting? So, asking about the city of Morgantown and how that factors into recruiting. I mean, think environment. I mean, he, I've, I've given the quotes before but every recruit's different in what they're looking for i've talked to recruits that um came in and loved the drinking water and that was really? yeah they, okay. they just raved about the drinking water some guys want to go to a place that have a wear a certain color shoe i mean so you, we're talking about 17 18 year old guys does where they're going to live impact things certainly it does uh, I mean, you know, everybody probably is impacted on, you know, what neighborhood you're going to be in, what city you're going to be in. Is it the only part of your decision? No, but uh, admittedly, it, it is part of it. Ernie from Charleston texting, it will still be a good season, but a bad bowl loss will definitely put a damper on it and temporarily hurt our enthusiasm for next year. A win might get us in the top 25 for the first time under Neil. Unfortunately, bowl games aren't what they used to be because of the portal and players opting out. Yeah, a chance to get and, and Ernie also asking about is there any word on Edwards's wrist injury? And we talked about that a little bit earlier. Uh, nothing uh, outside of the comment from Josh Eilert mm-hmm. in his postgame radio interview saying last night saying there was con- some concern there. But uh, Tuesday, we hope to have an update on Jesse Edwards. Uh, but to Ernie's point, uh, you know, they're, they're not the same, but it is a nice thing to have. And, and a, a chance. Now, the last time that it, that entering the top 25 in football was uttered, West Virginia dropped uh, two consecutive games after the TCU win. So maybe yeah. not a territory that we want to get into, but <laughs> no. an outside chance that uh, they could end the season as a ranked team yeah. with a victory. And that's, you know, something that you, the, certainly the program will tout if, if that happens. And um, better to win than lose, right? Isn't it always? And, and you know, West Virginia's re- reached higher levels with major bowl victories, but I still think uh, winning a bowl game uh, is is nice way to cap off a season. Texter, Noah Farrakhan played very well, played 18 minutes, scored 15 points, four assists, and seven of 11 in field goals. I believe 
he is for real. That message from the texter. Rich in Florida. Obviously, the team plays better in a zone. Perhaps Edwards could influence the coaches to give Syracuse's zone a try. Agree not a physical team, so use their flow. Again, that's Rich in Florida. We could also bring uh, um, Jim Beheim on as a special yeah. consultant. Well, Although that Jesse Edwards media well, stuff. Well, that's true, yeah. 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 Uh, but, yeah, I mean, in West Virginia's playing some zone, and, I, you know, some of that was done to impact or, you know, lessen the problems because of West Virginia's lack of depth. But they even did it quite often effectively last night when they did have more depth. Here's the problem, and, and I will not be the basketball expert. I'm not Jim Beheim, but what they always say, what do you have problems doing in a zone? You have problems rebounding, Right. If you're having problems rebounding already, going into a defense that isn't necessarily conducive to rebounding may not help you in that area. So, I mean, I think West Virginia is going to mix and match a lot of things. This isn't going to be, you know, uh, Hugs's defense where it was man-to-man 95% of the time, then you throw in some 1-3-1 one, one at the end as a, as a change-up. Texter saying, I am so happy that all these Josh bashers are perfect in their jobs and dealing with life perfectly when new challenges confront them. That's what the texter says. Uh, high school sports question. Hey, Joe, any news or rumors or just guesses as to what the four classes for West Virginia high school sports will look like when it is announced this week? And yes, uh, as the texter suggests, uh, it appears that we should know on Wednesday, December 20th, the new look for we're assuming that there are, is, is going to be the addition of a fourth class for high school football in the mm-hmm. state of West Virginia. Uh, the approval has been given to the SSAC to go ahead with that. They received that earlier this year, and now it's just a question of how all the classes break down. We've heard some of the projections where you will have the, the new class, the class quad A, the larger enrollment schools may be of a smaller number of those schools. You wouldn't necessarily have if there's, I think there's 113 schools uh, that mm-hmm. play high school football, you're not going to have, uh, you know, an even distribution where it's 28, 28, 28, yeah. or whatever the the, the number is. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. And if you do have a class quad A that is a smaller group, will you necessarily have 16 playoff teams in football? That's probably not likely. So you may see a smaller number of groups. Uh, advancing quad a but the ssac board of directors scheduled to meet on december 20th that's wednesday so uh, in addition to national signing day (laughs) as if there was not enough for us to keep uh, track of that day we have that meeting as well and that and that's going to be big not only for football but for some other sports that may go to uh, four classes as well question you may not know the answer to so wouldn't it be easier just to have the quad a the same for football and basketball and have the same teams in both because so you, seemingly you're indicating that there may be different teams. That may not be the each. case. Right. Yeah. Right. No, it, it may look different than it will not be. It does not appear that it'll be an exact replica of um, what we currently have with the four classes in basketball, that there will be some difference. And, and you do have, look, there's from the highest of the highs in enrollments from the, the Cabell Midlands mm-hmm. uh, to, to, yeah, mm-hmm. to the smallest of the class quad A or the, the current class triple A. So here's the problem. Now, now yeah. the, the, the mental calculus is all off talking about some schools being class AAA for one thing, class quad A for another thing. So, um, But there, there is quite, you know, you're looking at a difference uh, in some cases of up to a thousand students. Yeah. And the, it appears that the SSAC is going to try to limit that so you don't have that huge uh, difference in enrollment. So again, to the texter's question, we should have uh, those answers in some form on Wednesday. Uh, so be sure to check out wvmetronews.com. We'll uh, 
have all those answers hopefully coming up on Wednesday. Uh, Coach Hunter, a question you don't want to answer. Uh, okay. Home or away uniforms, what combination of colors? Dave and Oak Hill wondering. Don't know. We're, we're, we're efforting that information as we speak. I, yeah, I, the, the home or away, I'm, I'm not certain of, to be quite honest. Don't know the uniform combination. I won't be a smart aleck and say I don't care because I don't because uh, I'm not a, the, the guy who cares about you uniforms. You do realize that everybody that, that's one of the most heavily viewed social media features, and yeah. not just at WVU, but every program across the country, for some reason – that's huge. I, I, know, I, know, I know. I don't get it either. I'm the old but, guy. I know. understand, but yeah. I could care less. Um, but no, I understand people want to know, so I'm not going to uh, dismiss. If I knew the answer, I certainly would give it. But um, if they've decided that yet, sometimes they don't decide those things till a little bit later. Uh, they have not revealed that to this point. But the, the home or away, and while it's not a huge issue one way or the other, um, that's one I should look into and find out. Texter saying or asking, seems like we have been talking about a lack of depth at the safety position for years. Other than Collins and Burks, are we developing any younger players? So the safety safety spot going forward. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, admittedly, I mean, exactly right. Um, That's an area that seems to get hit by portals, the portal transfer guys. Because just when you think that you're starting to develop some guys, uh, they leave. Tyke Smith, or, you know, we can go through a whole litany of them. So, yeah, you're right. And it'd be nice if you could develop some. West Virginia's got a couple of true freshmen in, in that area right now that are redshirting. Um, but, you know, how they're developing, you know, we'll, we'll have to wait and, and see for the future. But I won't say that it, it's, a, it's a problem that is solved now or even next year. You're, you're going to have to ride transfer portal guys at that position and at, at corner uh, probably for a while, maybe forever. Maybe that's just one of those positions that's always going to rotate through. Texter wondering if we were able to watch the exciting game that Rich had at Jacksonville State. They beat Louisiana. Very exciting game. That being in was it the New Orleans Bowl. Last yep. night, Jacksonville State won in overtime on a field goal. So, And it's interesting, their situation and James Madison's situation where mm-hmm. it didn't look like they weren't even going to get into a bowl game. And then all of a sudden, with, I forget the team, that the one team that could have gotten the 6-6 the six and six spot then became mm-hmm. ineligible or that wasn't able yeah. to get to 6. And then all of a sudden, uh, yeah, Jacksonville yeah, State. Opened and, up a spot. Yeah, and there's a number of uh, West Virginia connections on that roster. Obviously, Brock Roby, uh, former Robert C. Bird mm-hmm. offensive lineman, uh, Jacob Barrick, uh, Gerard Bowie from Martinsburg High School, uh, Xavier Bosley from South Charleston, and I, I, I can feel the texts coming in as I forget there's a couple more. First game that I think I have ever seen where Louisiana had three turnover Returns. They they gained turnovers that they directly resulted in touchdowns. Two inter two pick six interceptions and a f- scoop and score fumble, and still came out on the losing end. Texter Doug in Myrtle Beach asking: Is the Clement kid from Martinsburg? And there's a few, so we have to be specific. But is uh, he's talking about Murphy Clement? Is he on WVU's radar? If his brother is any indication, he should be. Also, when does the Kennedy Award come out? I'll take uh, the second part of that. That does come out on the 23rd, so the 23rd is Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Kennedy Award will be announced by the West Virginia Sports Writers Association. And certainly, uh, if Murphy Clement uh, was looking to 
up his profile. He did about all he could uh, in the AAA state championship game in their victory against Princeton, where he almost gave his brother Hudson's uh, mark of eight touchdowns, a, a serious run as he finished the game with six. And of course, Blaine Stewart and uh, Neil Brown were in yeah. the end zone as all that was happening. Yeah. Got to see him up close and personal. So they know about him from Hudson. Um, scholarship, honestly, probably not, but preferred walk-on. I mean, certainly would make sense. I, again, something that uh, West Virginia is going to have to decide. To, though he's going to have to change positions, I would think, at, West, at the college level. Well, maybe not all college levels. Depends on where he wants to go, what he wants to do. Yep. So we'll be interested to see where Murphy Clement ends up in a number of West Virginia high school prep products as well. A couple more texts we'll get to after this quick break, and we'll also hear from Neil Brown and get his comments on the start of bowl prep practices, which uh, kicked off this weekend, and we will hear from the coach coming up next on the CityNet Statewide Sports Line. During this special holiday season, the health plan wants to share a message of warmth, security and peace of mind as the snow falls and families gather we understand the importance of being together and feeling safe during this special time of the year from all of us at the health plan we wish you and your loved ones a joyous holiday filled with laughter love and peace the health plan we are here for you West Virginia, high-speed fiber internet is coming, and CityNet is helping lead the way to connection. CityNet is West Virginia's local technology company. Their home office's phone number starts with 304, and long after the West Virginia fiber project is completed, CityNet will still be your local internet connection. No more 1-800-I-can't-talk-to-a-human. Reach out to your neighbors at CityNet. When it comes to technology, CityNet connects, protects, and perfects. We used to think all lung cancer was the same. Now we know that each tumor may have a different genetic makeup. Several different molecular types of lung cancer have been identified. By performing molecular testing on a lung cancer tumor, doctors can try to determine what's causing the cancer to grow. It's a different way of looking at lung cancer. Because lung cancer can affect anyone. The young or old. Smokers or non-smokers. You or me. Knowing the molecular profile of my tumor helped determine my treatment options. Anyone can get lung cancer, and not all lung cancers are the same. Talk to your doctor to see if molecular testing is appropriate for you. Visit lungcancerprofiles.com to learn more. That's lungcancerprofiles.com. A public service of six leading lung cancer advocacy groups with support from Pfizer Oncology. Owning a home is the American dream, but today's economy is challenging. Have you fallen behind on your mortgage payments? Many homeowners facing financial difficulty often feel lost and don't know where to turn for help. The airwaves are filled with offers of fast and simple relief. However, many find these offers often lead to damaged credit, higher debt, and ultimately the loss of one's home. If it seems like there's no way out, know there is legitimate help available. The National Foundation for Credit Counseling is a nonprofit organization that has provided answers and concrete solutions to consumers in situations just like yours for more than 60 years. Our certified housing specialists will work with you to review your finances and create a custom plan that's right for your specific situation. NFCC member agencies provide free and affordable help and meet U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development standards. 
Call 866-687-6322 or visit mortgagehelpnow.org. Welcome back into the CityNet Statewide Sports Line. Joe Bricado and Greg Hunter taking you up till 8 o'clock this evening. And a consistent theme from these microphones always, Coach Hunter. There's a West Virginia connection seemingly everywhere, and there is one at the Division II National Champions, Harding University, winning the Division II National Championship yesterday, and their defensive coordinator, former St. Mary's High School quarterback, Roddy Moat. He's the defensive coordinator and linebackers coach for St. Mary's. Uh, for Harding University, a St. Mary's West Virginia native. Uh, thank you to the texter for alerting us to that. But Roddy Moat, the St. Mary's native and defensive coordinator for Hart, yeah, a Division II National Championship mm-hmm. for Harding University as they win the D2 national title yesterday. We've teased it enough, so now we'll get to the comments from Neil Brown and get his thoughts on the upcoming bowl matchup with North Carolina and more coverage of this coming up later this evening at WVMetroNews.com. But here's what Coach Brown had to say as he stepped up to the mic a couple of hours ago. <laughs> Got a good crowd for a Sunday here. All right. I'll tell you on the front end, my ass is tired, so like, uh, you ready, Mike? All right. Um, and also, just thanks, thanks for being here on a Sunday. Um, this is a busy time, so um, this worked out the best. So hopefully, y'all can get what you need, and it's not too inconvenient. We uh, we wrapped up our third. North Carolina practice today. We'll practice tomorrow morning, and then we'll give our guys off when we finish from about noon. They'll get off uh, the rest of the day tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then we're coming back Friday evening, and we'll start a a normal game week. So in our mind, Friday will be a Monday practice, and we'll carry on through that. Um, Extremely busy. I think most of you all know that. in college football right now. So signing day on Wednesday. So I'll see you again on Wednesday. Uh, We'll try to keep, ask all your North Carolina stuff now, uh, today. That way we can keep, we'll talk signees. And if we have the the GAI or whatever, GIAs for the portal guys, we'll talk about them too then um, if we can. But obviously recruiting, been gone for most of two weeks during the week. And uh, we've practiced the last two weekends. Um, portal is obviously open, so you work on retaining your own roster and trying to add the pieces we need. Um, and so a lot going on. Um, I want to I want to congratulate because I don't think I have an opportunity. First, starting with Beanie, I mean, 13th consensus All-American, huge huge honor for him, and he earned it. Um, Zach Frazier also several All-American teams, and uh, the Campbell Trophy went out to Vegas with him uh, the week before last, and that's a huge honor. And then Gene White, he, he's made a bunch of freshman All-American teams. So proud of those guys. Um, and then we've also, during this time, um, we've been scrimmaging our young guys. So we did it twice last weekend. We've done it three times. We'll do it fourth time this weekend. Um, 
And and so just some guys, because I know that you all want to know this, but I think defensively, these are the guys I think are, are making progress. Our Corey McIntyre, Hammond Russell, Josiah Jackson, Asani Redwood, they've really had this weekend, they've really stuck out. I think they're, they've had nice weekends. Um, you know, on Monday, or our Monday night football, our scrimmaging with our developmental guys, and then offensively, DJ Oliver, uh, Nico, Nico's had a, a really good month of December, and um, Tyler Evans, who's a walk-on that's that's really coming on, and then two young tackles, Nick Cray and Johnny Williams, and so we're gonna we'll scrimmage those guys tomorrow again, and then on Friday, and that'll be kind of the the last developmental uh, scrimmage that we'll do during this bowl prep. Um, but it's been it's been really good, and I think you all know this, but they um, the red shirt rule the bowl game doesn't count for red shirts anymore. And so even these guys that have played four games, like a DJ Oliver, uh, he'll be up and be re- be able to compete, which really helps. It's a that's one of uh, the rules that that's been passed that actually makes sense. All right, there's that actually <laughs> that actually makes sense. Um, so. Um, and then our plan is in, in the bowl game is, you know, we, some of these guys that have really come on, because you think about this, you know, these guys that we made decisions on, you know, in fall camp that they were going to be redshirted, you know, they've gone through a 14-week off-season program with our strength conditioning, and then they scrimmaged once a week during every regular season week, and we did it uh, two times on our, on our mini, and then we've done it, um, we'll have seven total, um, during December, and so these guys are quite a bit better than uh, they were in December or than they were in fall camp. So there's going to be some guys, especially on special teams. We didn't play very well on special teams toward the end of the year, so we're going to give those guys some some uh, some opportunities. Uh, injury updates: Zach will miss the game. I think we've already said that. Uh, C.J. Donaldson will miss the game, and, and that's really my decision. Uh, he had he had surgery. Um, and I thought it affected him right at the end of the game, especially in the Baylor game. And uh, for him, you know, as a head coach, you got to make decisions, the betterment of the, the entire program, but also for the, the right reasons for each individual. And I felt like that an off season was more important than him than not being able to play full speed in the bowl game. And so uh, he's, uh, he's rehabbing, uh, but he will not be available. And then I think Preston Fox, it's too early. And so we'll have a better idea when we get down to Charlotte. Uh, he's practiced a little bit, but we'll, we'll know more closer to the game. And so uh, unsure on that one yet. But with that, um, I'll take questions. So besides that, and obviously you know the portal guys who are leaving you, I assume yep. going to play. Anybody else who's opting out type thing, not going to play? Not to this point. Okay. Yeah, not to this point. Um, and I'm trying to think here, Greg. I don't think we have anybody that's in the portal right now that that's going to play. Um, and so, and and those have already been publicized. Y'all seen who's out? Who's out? Um, you can ask if you got somebody that's here. But everybody else, you know, uh, is going to play and 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 be available. So with that defensive backfield sort of. Very, it was thin to begin with. Now it's thinner with total yeah. losses. How do you adjust back there? Well, you know, Hershey's the guy that, that was playing some. Um, and then we've been playing, I mean, you've watched, we've been playing Marcus Floyd. We've been playing more of a kind of a five defensive backs, mm-hmm. 
you know, toward the back half of the year anyway. So Marcus Floyd will play there. And what we'll do is we'll, we'll have a rotation. We can play um, – Aubrey can play some nickel, and then Malachi can bounce back and play some safety, and we can get Jacoby some more snaps at corner, which I think he's he's earned. And so we'll just move some pieces around and try to get them – spell them by drive, all right, and just try to try to make do. Uh, Riley Collins could play a little bit more at spear. Um, so that's how, that's how we'll kind of work our numbers. Talking to Beanie um, before you got in here, and he had a pretty good testimony. He said, you know, uh, some people go places for NIL money. I came here because I wanted to be a better football player. And he was a better football player. What's that speak? And he's the first portal guy that's ever been a consensus All-American here. So yeah. what's that say for you, Well, I think he's got – first of all, he's a good fit, right? Uh, this is kind of an underdog program. Um and so you think about his career, he goes to Western, uh, kind of under-recruited out of Louisville, um, goes to Western, has three really good years, transfers to Minnesota, and he played. You know, he played, I think, close to 350, 400 snaps last year, but was a rotational guy and wanted to have a better opportunity. And he came here and he just worked. And the thing that, that – First of all, I'm, I'm really happy for him individually. But then he's, it's been not just his on-field performance has helped us, but his work ethic, how he practiced, how he prepared has really helped our defensive backfield. Like some of the younger guys, even some of the older guys that have eligibility, he's really made a difference back there. Um, and we're better. We're significantly better because of him. But I think it's a good story. You know, it, it's going to help us in the portal. You know, it's going to help us not only this year in the portal cycle, but – Moving forward, um, it's going to help us for sure. You know, you mentioned when I asked you about if you welcome four Mountaineers back, that it depends on you know how they chose to leave, professionalism, things like that. Since it is out there on the ones this year that did choose to depart, were there any that you were surprised about? Like, what are your thoughts on them? Do you understand why they made the decision that they made? Yeah. Um, I got to think back here, Mike. Um, we we lost. Um, let me say like I'll, I'll use Hershey as an example. Like Hershey, um, like I really like, um, but he graduated, you know. And I always um, he finished his obligation, which he's got one year eligibility, but he finished his obligation. Um, he handled it in the right way. Uh, I understood where he was coming from. Um, I didn't want him to leave, um, but I do understand. And, you know, and for the most part, you know, there's probably one, and I'm not going to mention names, but there was one, um, and he wasn't even a guy that played, but there was one that I was surprised by. And, um, but other than that, I understood. DJ Alter, is he a guy that could potentially play in the backfield? Yeah. Yep. He's, he's gotten better. He, uh, he is, if you look at two of the guys, I think, in our freshman class, that have changed their bodies the most are him and Corey McIntyre. And they're both they're both going to play a good amount of snaps. And so I'm excited too. You know, I think – and this is one thing I'll say about North Carolina is – so North Carolina's had a few opt-outs. Uh, they've got some guys in the portal just like everybody else in the country right now. Um, but I also think in bowl games it always goes to the team that's most excited. 
And they're going to play a lot of new guys in the game. And those guys are going to be really excited. And I think our guys that are going to play more, like a Corey McIntyre, because he's going to play uh, more snaps on the defensive line because he's earned that right. And there's more opportunity since Mike left. Um, so I'm excited to see him play. And I know, man, he's going to play with a lot of energy. And some of these other guys that are going to get some more opportunities on special teams uh, and on our offensive defense, man, they're going to be really fired up about the game. Those are the comments from Neil Brown. We will have those posted in their entirety later this evening at WVMetroNews.com. One final break to take, and then we will set the stage for National Signing Day coming up on Wednesday with a recent WVU commitment and also news from the West Virginia prep ranks as well. Final segment of the CityNet Statewide Sportsline is next. Despite the ill-fated efforts of President Biden and his wealthy New York friends, West Virginia coal is thriving and being shipped to 45 countries worldwide. Given its high quality and clean burning properties, countries across the globe are demanding and consuming it. And in-state production continues to grow with billions of dollars of recent investment in West Virginia mining operations. Combined with the reliability of our coal-fired electric manufacturing facilities, West Virginia coal is here to stay. No other fuel in the world matches West Virginia coal for base load generation and steel making. Like a good friend, it's always been and always will be there, keeping the lights on and contributing greatly to our growing economy. In fact, coal continues to sustain 50,000 plus West Virginia jobs, putting food on the table for Mountain State families. Visit friendsofcoal.org to learn more. A message from the Friends of Coal. I have a passion for the environment. That's why I mountain bike. I love being in the woods, on near vertical trails. I relish the challenge when I can appreciate the best nature has to offer. So it was only natural that I would choose a career in the elements where I can make a difference. That's why I serve in the United States Coast Guard. We monitor commercial vessels, making sure our ports and waterways are safe and clean from oil or other hazardous material. We patrol our fisheries, protect marine wildlife and their habitats. With all we do, it's about protecting America. This is a lot like mountain biking. It's always exciting to navigate through the next challenge. Were you born ready to protect America, our environment, our resources, our people? Learn more at GoCoastGuard.com. Sponsored by the United States Coast Guard in cooperation with the Maryland, D.C., Delaware Broadcasters Association and this station. It is with great pleasure that I welcome you to today's graduation ceremony. Students, uh, when you hear the reason or reasons for your absences throughout the years, please exit the auditorium without your high school diploma. Once you've exited, remove your cap and gown and proceed into the unknown. <clears throat> Too tired. Family trip. Part-time job. Helping around the house. Sick day. Starting the holidays early. Just because. Starting in the sixth grade, students who miss 18 days or more of school in a year for any reason will fall behind and risk not graduating high school. How many days of school has your child missed this year? Absences add up. Keep track at boostattendance.org today. Brought to you by the U.S. Army and the Ad Council.
final segment on the CityNet Statewide Sunday Sports Line. Joe Bricado and Greg Hunter with some recruiting news, Coach Hunter. And uh, we understand we've got that on both the WVU and West Virginia high school levels as well. Yeah, West Virginia picks up just within the last half hour its second commitment from a transfer portal defensive back. Josh Minkins, 6'2", 196-pound safety, played the last four years at Louisville, was a starter throughout 13 games in 2022, had 38 tackles that year, had injury issues, lost his starting role in 23, came back, played a lot, but didn't really recover. Um, regain his starting role uh, for the Cardinals this past season. He's a native of Louisville, Kentucky, went into the portal, one year left uh, of eligibility, and has committed to spend that final year at West Virginia. Um, He's the second commitment for West Virginia through a portal uh, entrant, and both of them have been defensive backs. The other one is a, a corner from Duquesne, Aiden Garns. Uh, played obviously at West against West Virginia this past year when the Dukes played at Mountaineer Field early in the season. So he comes to West Virginia. So won't be the only ones. Um, probably at least a dozen portal uh, entrants for West Virginia before this class is completed. Though not all those guys will come in time for spring break. Last year they had 14. Eight of them came in this, in time for the spring semester. The other six came this summer. So you're probably looking at similar proportions. But there's also news on the high school front. And Dom Collins, the 2023 Metro News High School Football Player of the Year, has posted on social media within the last hour that he has received an offer, that he's blessed to receive an offer to play at WVU. And uh, so we are, you know, in all likelihood, that's a preferred walk-on opportunity. But uh, look forward to seeing what uh, Dom Collins may do in his recruitment. And it's for for a player as accomplished as he is, 20 touchdowns in the regular season and he ended the year with 27 overall. Um, you know, you expected with the postseason that he had that some interest and offers would certainly pick up, and he now has one uh, to play at, yeah. uh, at WVU. And again, another player who uh, – put his skills on display in front of Neil Brown in person during that class AAA championship game in Wheeling a couple of weeks ago. So, uh, again, I mean, you, you guys have seen him up close and personal more than I, but got speed. You can't, mm-hmm. you can't coach, you can't teach speed. So you add him and the other in-state recruit. West Virginia has 19 commitments from in-state recruit. I'm, I'm sorry, from, for the class of 2024. Two of those are in-state players. One of those from Jefferson, Keyshawn Robinson, uh, has track speed. He won mm-hmm. the what swept all the, the sprint events the one, last year. The 100, year. the 200, and the 400. Yeah. So by any measure, the uh, the fastest athlete in the state had the best times uh, across all classes. So, uh, yep, he he's one. And then uh, Curtis Jones from Cabell Midland High School, a fantastic running back, 27 touchdowns and over 1,700 yards on offense. But likely his spot at WVU, they've got him penciled in at linebacker. Yeah, and we talked about the need for defensive backs, certainly in the transfer portal. Out of the 19. Five of these are probably going to be targeted for the defensive backfield, either as safeties or as cornerbacks once they arrive at West Virginia. And some of those will arrive in a few weeks with the start of the spring semester. They'll all sign uh, on Wednesday. And as we mentioned, uh, we'll go over the list of West Virginia prep products that have committed to Division One institutions, and then there could be some more added to this, but Princeton lineman Eli Campbell expected to sign with Air Force. Huntington wide receiver Dwayne Harris is committed to Kent State. We mentioned Curtis Jones. 
Another Capital Midland product, linebacker Cannon Lewis, set to sign with North Carolina State. Hurricane quarterback Ja'Kai Long, set to sign with Marshall University. Another Capital Midland product, Micah Lunsford, lineman, set to sign with Marshall. Huntington's Robbie Martin, set to join Cannon Lewis at North Carolina State. Huntington's Malik McNeely, expected to sign with VMI. And Martinsburg's Rashad Reed, an outstanding lineman for the Bulldogs, expected to sign with Elon. And there's a couple of preferred walk-ons we'll talk about as well. But uh, be sure to follow the website on Wednesday as we'll keep track of it as all the official signings come in. In a couple minutes that we've got left in the program, Coach Hunter, you mentioned now the WVU class is up to 19 players in terms of uh, new entries in the class of 2024. How much movement would you expect that we see in that up until Wednesday, or is this going to be likely the group that Neil Brown will no, announce Wednesday? I, I mean, there'll be some. I mean, it's not going to be a dozen by any stretch. Uh, West Virginia did get a commitment from a lineman. I don't remember, was that Thursday, Friday? Lucas Austin, big, tall, offensive lineman from Sterling, Illinois, which is well west of Chicago, northern part of Illinois between – uh, Chicago and the Iowa border, if you don't know where that is. But really good basketball I'm sure Brad player. Howe does. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure he does. Really good basketball player, 6'7", about 255, 260. Uh, really skilled in basketball, but obviously uh, realized athletic future is more in the offensive line side. Uh, saw a tape on him. He looked really good for a guy who hasn't really played football that long. But there'll be some, some that may surprise some people, um, you know, maybe. West Virginia is still after some guys that are committed elsewhere. Seeing if you can flip a couple of those. And then then they're just a couple that maybe they pull out of the blue. Uh, we don't know. So three, four at, at the most uh, out of the 19. So 22, 23, something in that range will ultimately be where this class is. And then I said probably at least a dozen transfers additions before it's done. But all those additions won't come this winter, some of those will come in the summer. You mentioned Lucas Austin. He makes now three offensive linemen in mm-hmm. the class. Could that be a position that they may target post-signing day, or is that or is three pretty much the average number Probably per year? Probably that's about it. Neil's talked about if they add another lineman, or there is some positions where maybe there's not a huge need, but you like to add sort of younger guys, they may take a portal guy who has three or four years left. So it may not necessarily be a high school guy if it's the right transfer addition, uh, but you can put him in your developmental program. You don't need him necessarily to play right away. They view those guys sort of like high school guys. So it could be one or the other for them. WVU women's basketball team takes on Wright State tomorrow at 10 a.m. at the Coliseum. Bring your earplugs if you are headed to the contest. If you don't know, that is the uh, annual kids game. So there'll be lots of buses pulling up to the Coliseum uh, tomorrow morning. The Mountaineers 9-0. They've had a full week off, and they will take on Wright State and then Niagara to wrap up the pre Big 12 conference portion of their schedule. Coach Hunter, it has been an honor and a privilege to share the microphone once again with you in the final 2023 edition of the CityNet. You going over tomorrow for the women's game? I will be there and uh, look forward to hearing the the young voices sing Country Roads as usually happens. It is the best event of any athletic event in Morgantown. All year. Not necessarily always on key, but no. with great enthusiasm. So a great, uh, great, great event uh, there tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. against Wright State. We thank you for joining us. Thanks to our producers, Luke Rousey and Ethan Collins. Thanks to all the callers and the texters. And thanks for joining us on the final 2023 edition of the CityNet Statewide Sunday Sports Line.
From the Health Plan Studios, the CityNet Statewide Sports Line is an exclusive production of the Metro News Radio Network. All rights reserved.